So I just come home one day and I tell my husband, I'm like, oh, I just so you know, I just quit my job. And he's like, what? Because I was like 50% of our income, right? So my ex-husband is in law enforcement. So he's like, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, but I cannot be here anymore. So two weeks after I quit, I got pregnant. But I didn't know at the time that it was intuition. I just had a knowing. I just was like, some of you call the gut feeling. Some of you, you hear it. Some of you, you see it. Some of you, you just know it. But I didn't know what it was. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Welcome back. This is Barcy, your host, and I'm happy to share that we have a guest today. We are going to dive into discussing intuition and the connection this has to your wealth, my favorite subject lately, how neuroscience plays a part in mindset, what the four voices are, and lots of other things. So our guest today is Jen Benninger, and she is the Genius Unlocked founder and CEO of Genius Unlocked Institute, a board-certified company where she coaches, mentors, and transforms leaders' personal and professional lives. Jen has developed her genius and true purpose through combining her numerous accolades. Jen boasts a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and is also a board-certified trainer at the master level in neuro-linguistic programs, NLP coaching, hypnotherapy, timeline therapy as a certified coach through John Maxwell and as a master Reiki teacher. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much. And I want to welcome all of your guests to listeners to us. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and share some great intuition information for all of them today. I'm excited to be here. Yay. We're so happy to have you. We had such an easy time chatting before in sort of figuring out what our topic was. And I'm so excited to dive deeper with you this time, of course. Great. I'm obsessed Great. with intuitive everything. So <laughs> you and I, me both. <laughs> and neuroscience. I really want to get my certification at some point. Eventually I will, but we'll learn from you in the meantime. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So I would love to start by maybe defining what you would say intuition is. Like what's the true definition of intuition? Love that question. And one of the most important things about what you just asked that I want to share with everybody is 
when you ask somebody's definition of something, it allows you to connect with how their mind processes the information. So the fact that that was your very first question makes me extremely excited because everyone that's listening, you, me, we might have a different definition of intuition. What our definition does is it motivates us and it defines how we use intuition. I want to give you guys my definition of intuition and then everybody that's listening, bring up what do you think is your intuition and see if we can marry it together so that when we're talking for the rest of the day, we can see what is our definition of intuition? How does Jen see it? How does Barcy see it? And we can create it. So I just didn't know that was going to be the first question. So I just had to give you that feedback because that's exciting. So when you ask someone their definition of a word, You're getting how their brain processes the information. So intuition to us is the translator between the conscious and the unconscious mind. And I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. Your intuition gives you your learnings from all of your experiences that may not be the most pleasant, (laughs) you know, your negative thoughts and emotions. Your intuition allows you to experience how source sees you and source is what Ever your definition of source. We just got done talking about definitions. So whatever your definition of source is, whether it's universal consciousness, higher self, God, anything that is your definition of source, your intuition allows you to see yourself as source sees you. And the two most important things about intuition in my definition is it is always, without a doubt, always kind. Mm. However, It may not always be gentle. It may give you that little gut punch, that little like aha moment that what we call it lovingly in our company with our clients is we call it a dead fish. Like, have you ever got that aha moment and it just felt like somebody just smacked you with the dead fish? So, and then of course we talk about the movie, A Fish Called Wanda. So we call it a Wanda. So it's like getting that Wanda. So it's so funny when we're talking to our clients and they're sharing their Wandas with us, which is what you get from your intuition. They always let a little fish emoji. I actually had a client, you know, brought us like a fish and she's like, in case you actually have to hit me with it. Oh my God. So we have a lot of fun over here. And let me go back to your intuition. So that's also your intuition. Now, I know you mentioned in the beginning, and I know we're going to dive deeper, but let me just tie it together with the definition, is when we talked about the four voices. So the four voices are your inner ego, your inner child, your inner critic, and your intuition. So the question you always want to ask yourself is which I is speaking. So when you are speaking either vocally or in your mind, And you say, I want this. I need this. I, 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 which I is talking. So we want to make sure that we connect more with your intuition, because again, your intuition will always has your best interest at heart. It will always guide you. We call it your GPS. So, you know, you have your GPS in your car Mm -hmm. and you make a wrong turn or you go in a different direction and you decide not to listen and you go somewhere else. Guess what? Your GPS doesn't judge you. Your GPS just goes rerouting. So that's also your intuition is so even if you experience an opportunity or a situation where you are not following your intuition, because number one, maybe you don't understand how it's communicating with you. You don't trust it, what have you. And you end up listening to your inner critic, inner child or inner ego. Your intuition's like, no big deal. We're just going to reroute you. Let's just get those learnings and see, you know, where we can go. So That's our definition of intuition. And 
most of our clients and most of the people that we connect with, we also apply the 80-20 rule, which, you know, we've all heard of that, right? So right now, most people, most, not all, because there's very intuitive people on the line, I'm sure as well. But when I first started learning, about 80% of our inner thoughts come from our inner critic, inner child, or inner ego, because that's how we're programmed, which is where neurolinguistic programming comes from. And you get your intuition about 20%. Now, some of you might have a little bit different numbers on the sliding scale. Just for right now, let's just go with that. So what our job is at Genius Unlocked and what we really want to support people with is understanding that translator between the conscious and the unconscious mind so that you can start turning that upside down, where it's 20% your inner critic, inner child, inner ego, and 80% your intuition. And when we talk about the four voices, we'll understand that they have a very, very important job, a very important job. We just don't want to give them 80% of our mindset. So that's our definition of intuition and how we can apply it. That's amazing. And you set us up for all of my other questions, which is perfect. And I love the way you describe it. I talk about it as a navigation tool as well as your compass. I love the added attention to different parts that are connected to the intuition, like source. I haven't heard anyone say that before, even though I feel like it's 100% connected to a source for me, Mm -hmm. but I find myself wanting to like justify that somehow, or we all have a relationship with spirituality, whether it's not having one or deciding not to, or, and it becomes tricky or it can. And so I appreciate you bringing that to the surface as well. So all of that said, we're going to keep on this path and you opened up a lot of entry points for us to continue delving into this, which I love, Yes, but you mentioned speaking of definitions, Mm -hmm. unconscious mind, subconscious mind, conscious mind. I say subconscious because that's how it was taught to me when I was learning about intuition. And maybe it's just an older way to say it. I don't know. But people have heard me say it that way many, many times in unlocking or tapping into the subconscious mind. Can -hmm. you share the different definitions for each? Sure, absolutely. And it's really semantics, to be completely fair. We talk about unconscious because it's under our awareness versus subconscious it has a presupposition. It presupposes that it's less than. So when we talk about neuro-linguistics programming, neuro meaning the brain, linguistics, which is how you label your experiences. It's the language of your experiences. And then programming is where do you get your definitions? So neuro-linguistic programming. So when we think about the language of the mind and we say things like it's a subconscious, it presupposes to some people, it presupposes that it's a subcategory, that it's less than. However, a conscious mind Your conscious mind is no less valuable or more valuable than your unconscious mind. One consciousness equals awareness. So when we talk about definition, so when you're aware of something, you are conscious of it. Mm. Unconscious equals unaware. So it's just meaning under the awareness. So unconscious, if you don't understand something, like we talk about the four stages of learning, which I'm sure everybody here has heard, like you don't know what you don't know you know what you don't know, you know what you know, and then you want to make sure that you become unconsciously competent, which means you put it back in your unconscious mind and it's just your new automatics. So that's why we shift our language because linguistics, how you describe your experiences is extremely powerful. 
and if I may go one step deeper on that is, so this can be a very interesting concept. So those of you who are driving, you might be like, what did she just say? So you might want to re-listen. So the way the brain works with regards to unconscious and conscious minds is Every second through our five senses, right? We see things, we hear things, we smell things, we taste things, and we feel things like either kinesthetically or inside our body. So we are receiving 11 million bits of information every second. Wow. Okay. 11 million bits of information with all of our senses. So right now we call them toothpicks. So like right now I'm sharing 11 million toothpicks with each of you every second and your unconscious mind is grabbing those. However, your conscious mind can only process 134 of those toothpicks. That's so specific. It's very specific. It's plus or minus seven. So how does your unconscious mind go from 11 million toothpicks that I'm throwing at you to 134? So this is the power of your intuition and your other four voices is when you get these toothpicks, your unconscious mind deletes, distorts, and generalizes those toothpicks based on a whole bunch of things. Mm. Your environment, how you grew up, where you grew up, your experiences, your values, what did you have put upon you when you were in your imprint zero to seven age from teachers, church, parents, grandparents, the news, (laughs) society, your friends. So what happens is your unconscious mind kind of gathers it, but your conscious mind can't grasp all that. So what happens is you delete, distort, and generalize that information, and then you create a picture in your mind of what just happened. Mm-hmm. That picture determines your state. Like, are you angry, sad, happy, blissful, in love, angry? Then it spits out your behavior mm-hmm. and then your behavior gets you your results. So where intuition fits into all of this is in your filters that deletes, distort and generalizes that information. Who's running the show? Is it your inner critic who's telling you you're not good enough? Is it your inner ego that's digging in and holding on to an identity? Is it your inner child that's living in hurt and fear? Or is it your intuition that says, what are the learnings I deserve to learn from this situation so that I can change my result? So that's very specific of what your unconscious and conscious mind. So again, it, it technically is semantics. It's subconscious. It just implies, presupposes for some people. Now, the other thing that's really, really important to understand about the conscious and the unconscious mind is the conscious mind is extremely specific. Like how many of you have set a goal and you're like, I want 10 clients, $10,000 a month. You know, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want to be this weight. I want to have, you know, this many friends where you set these very specific goals. Yeah. Your unconscious mind is extremely abstract. Your unconscious mind is so vast that it communicates to you with symbols. So how does your specific conscious mind comprehend the symbols that you're receiving from your unconscious mind, your intuition? Mm. How does your unconscious mind understand the specifics of what your conscious mind wants, your intuition? So if you can learn, there's four stages of developing your intuition. So if you can learn to develop your intuition, that communication between your conscious and your unconscious mind 
gets easier and easier, which means when you get those 11 million toothpicks, Barcy, you can actually choose which 134 you want, which is then how you set your goals, meet your goals, create the life that you want, focus on the positivity, get the learnings and start switching that intuition 80% inner voices uh, 20%. So I'm not sure if that was the answer that you were looking for, but that's why it's the language of the mind. And that's why we want to make sure that language matters. So if you can get definitions, then you can create, really, truly create the life that you want. Thank you for that. It's really eye-opening and it's lovely to hear it in a system, like in a systematic way where there's a process. And yes, so I feel like we need a resource to go send them to for this so they can read it later because it is a lot of information. Do you it have is, something like it that? Is. We do have a process. I do a, an intuition call every single week and I do free meditations every week and I talk about intuition and we go over and over and then there, it's called the NLP communication model. And Barcy, you were brilliant mm. when you just said that because what NLP is, is it's the denominalization of what is already working. So what do I mean by that is We understand that communication happens. We understand that communication is very important. How does the brain communicate? Mm -hmm. That's what NLP is, is it denominalizes. It gives you the system of what you already know is working. So yes, we have lots of resources. I do a training on it. We have a meditation around it. We have lots of resources because if you can understand how your brain is communicating and what is it doing with those 11 million toothpicks, I talk to a lot of my clients. I'm like, have you ever felt misunderstood? Yes, all the time. Okay, who's going to say no to that? (laughs) It's like, have you ever felt misunderstood? It's because the person you're communicating with picked up different toothpicks than what you wanted. Because you were explaining yourself. They took the 11 million toothpicks, deleted, distorted, and generalized it, created a picture, spit out the behavior of misunderstanding. And then you're like, whoa, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. Yet that's how their brain processed what you shared with them. So that's the basis of communication. So if you can then re-communicate and how do you re-communicate in a way that they can hear, you actually tap into your intuition. You're like, what is important to me about what I want them to hear from me? Intuition, show me and share with me a way that I can easily and effortlessly communicate to Barcy what I want to explain. And then your intuition will bring in, you'll take a deep breath and then you'll re-communicate it. And then you'll be like, oh, and then the person you're communicating with says, oh, got it now. Because they're picking up different toothpicks because you're giving them different information. That's why it's so important that you bring intuition into communication because everything is communication, right? Barcy, like everything is communication. Everything. And I love this version of communication, the one you have with yourself, because it does all start there. And this is such a, again, great way to start to break down where things go wrong, really. It's like we meet new people. And I'm wondering now, I want to ask you, because with this whole COVID thing, I try not to talk about it too much because we're over it. It happened and here we are. But I feel, and this is my own experience, I feel like we're misunderstanding each other a little more often lately. Yes. Have you noticed that? Okay. Million percent. And I could talk about that. Was that just your statement? I want to let you finish. (laughs) Well, yes, I was wondering, that was an observation I've made. And my first action is usually to reflect back and ask myself, you know, did I communicate that weirdly? Or is this coming from where? Is this an emotional thing? Or I try to figure out if I'm the source of the miscommunication. 
And then I see where it's a joint effort is what I've come to notice often. And I'm yes. wondering what your thoughts are on that. And if you've noticed that as being maybe more common lately or yeah. One million percent. And it's so interesting the way that you just described it, because it is actually in NLP and what we teach and all of our other certifications, like we certify in eight different modalities. So we're just talking about NLP is sort of the basis is communication is the response that you get. So I would actually say to you is a hundred percent of the miscommunication is the responsibility of the communicator. Because mm -hmm. we're communicating, we don't get the response that we want. It's our job to re-communicate until we get the response that we want. So how do we do that? We tap into our intuition. So we had a client a couple years ago create a hashtag for us. It's called hashtag filter cleaners, which means the filters that you have in your brain that delete, distort, and generalize is what we want to clean up. So if you're communicating with somebody around let's just say the pandemic. So you're communicating your opinion about the pandemic, yet they have filters in their brain that says anything that they experience around the pandemic, they're going to take your words and they're going to put it through their own filters, create a picture of what you're saying, and then they spit out the result, the behavior. And you're like, whoa, that is so off base. So if we can understand, it's just how they filtered the information so what you want to do is you want to do what we call a pattern interrupt is you don't want to then get into an argument, right? You want a pattern interrupt and then you want to re-communicate and then you can ask them, it's like, what was important about what I just said? Or what did you hear? Because that's the number one question is what did you hear? Because I communicated this and you responded with this. What went on in your mind? What did you hear? So then you can get back into rapport and then you can re-communicate. Yeah. Now, how do we take that one step deeper? How we take that one step deeper is if whenever there is, I'm going to use the word trauma. We do specialize in PTSD, addiction, and trauma because we understand how powerful that is. So I want to be very careful about using the word trauma because again, it's your definition. Our definition of trauma is anything that when you were in a heightened emotional state, neurologically, this is what's happening. When you're in a heightened emotional state and you create a stimulus to it, it'll expedite or increase your negative thoughts and emotions. That's our very broad definition of trauma. Now, some people have one instance of trauma. Other people have continued instance of trauma. When COVID hit, when the pandemic hit, it threw a lot of people into a heightened emotional state, most likely fear for themselves, for others. Then they had the stimulus attached to them of wherever they were getting their information. So what happens is when you're in a heightened emotional state and your brain is flooded with both cortisol and adrenaline, what's happening is your frontal cortex, which is your critical thinking, it shrinks because your lizard brain, our survival instinct, when you're in that state of fear, your critical thinking brain shrinks and your survival mode increases, and then you attach whatever you heard or saw. This is what's neurologically happening in your brain. So what happens is that's why some people experience the pandemic more heightened state than others. It just happens to be where they were when they figured it out and what was going on in their life. 
What happens is when that critical thinking in that prefrontal cortex decreases, we go into what's called dichotomy thinking. And this is where I want to circle it back to what you were talking about, is dichotomy thinking, which is right, wrong, vax, no vax, mask, no mask. We go into this either or because we're trying to survive. Mm. Now, what we want to do and what we want to tap into When we tap into our intuition, we get the learnings. We want to say, what is the pandemic wanting us to learn about ourselves? What do we get to understand about ourselves? And we want to create what's called paradoxical thinking. And when you have paradoxical thinking, it's where you can hold two truths that are conflicting in your own mind without conflict. So this is where you could say in the pandemic is you want to look at for opportunities. Like, is there really just two ways to look at it? Or can you say what's paradoxically? Yes, the pandemic is this. Yes, the vaccination is this. Yes, the vaccination is not this. Yes, I want to do this. You know, I don't want to do that. If you can hold these two conflicting truths in your mind without conflict, This is where opportunities, possibilities, creativity, flexibility, being able to pivot, being able to take in more information, not shut down, to actually step out and take motion, get into inspired action. Because there's so many of us that when that specific thing happened, we went into a traumatic response. And the traumatic response could be something that was from fifth grade. And then people start digging in and that's their inner ego. If you find that you start digging in, your inner ego is trying to protect this identity and your decisions to be right because you're in fear because that heightened emotional state versus your inner critic is going to tell you you're not safe. You can't do that. Some people get frozen there. And then your inner child is like, I'm going to get hurt. You know, we have people that have trauma from their past that this triggered that back in their inner child. So those three inner voices shut down intuition. What we want to start looking at is how can we increase our connection to our intuition to start opening up that prefrontal cortex, start looking at more information, get out of survival mode, look at possibilities, opportunities, and start looking at definitions Like how many of us have a true definition of what the pandemic is? Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. So it's all about how you respond and what are your filters doing when you're in those situations? Wow. So, so great. Is everybody Um, in us like, feel like you're in a science class? I'm sorry. I freaking, I'm obsessed with how the brain works and I'm obsessed with how our intuition can change what we've got going on. I think it's fantastic. And I'll share my experience with just listening and I'm having, you know, memories of moments where that's shifted for me, moments where I defaulted people in my life that I can now, you know, see what's happening a little clearer, even just in this short answer. Right. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I'm able to see it in this short answer because I've done a lot of this work already. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's like, what? That was a lot. That's fine. That's normal. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just about being aware. Yeah. It's just bringing it into your awareness. My main goal in sharing any of this information is just for people to become curious. How does this apply to me? What if I just said one thing, just one thing that sparked your curiosity to go look inside and ask yourself more questions? Oh, 
I wonder what I could do in this situation with my intuition. Oh, I wonder what that looks like. Curiosity is one of the most powerful motivators that can really start to shift whatever is not working in your life. Curiosity and looking for possibilities. It's also very kind. It's what I've learned about being curious. Well, and that's your intuitions. It's extremely kind. Your intuition is extremely kind. It doesn't judge you. It doesn't shame you. It doesn't blame you. It's you're looking and you're willing. If you leave here with nothing else from this talk, if you can just leave here with curiosity and willingness, your life will shift. I agree. Those are the two things. And then just tapping into your intuition to get that willingness and that curiosity. Yes. And then that's a lovely way to come back to, I don't want to say a simple version of it, but kind of a one-step moment where you can go, Mm -hmm. okay, what if I just, I'm saying it as a question because that works for me. It's exercising Mm -hmm. what you just shared. What if I was curious in this moment? What if I was curious Mm -hmm. instead of emotional? What if I asked someone who I have conflict with, what if I was curious about why they reacted the way they were versus judging it and all the other things that we feel because we have to weed through our own emotions first. Of course. And then I usually give it some time (laughs) so I can do that. Even if it's a couple of minutes, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a whole day and then come back with questions and discoveries I've made about myself usually because I've spent some time asking myself why that went that way. But yeah, questions are amazing. So this is something I learned as well during my creativity coaching practice when I was getting my certification. And it's why I fell in love with all of this. Intuition changed my life too. It's the first time I was really introduced to my ability to, I guess, control where my experience is coming from and like how I connect with myself. And I didn't realize at that time how much I can control that. And Mm -hmm. we were taught that They're called small questions. And we were taught that the unconscious mind can't deny a question, Mm -hmm. that if you ask it a question, it will like, which makes sense now the way that you're sharing about the 11, what is it? 11 million million, 11 million bits of information is coming through. So if you ask it a question, it's going to start, it's going to take that and it's going to try to solve the problem and answers will eventually surface to This Mm -hmm. works for me a lot right before bed because you go to sleep and then you wake up, your brain's doing stuff without you (laughs) in a sense. That's right. (laughs) Which is also so fascinating. But is that true that the brain will answer questions for you like that? I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Yes, it absolutely is. And it's answering it through your filters. So you get the 11 million toothpicks. Then you get the result or the behavior, which gets you the result. Everything in between, that is all done unconsciously. The 11 million toothpicks come at you. The deleting, distorting, generalizing, the picture that it creates, the state that it puts you in, and then the physiology of what it puts you in, and then it spits out the results. So if you're not getting the results that you want, If you're not hitting a goal, if you're having a conversation with someone, it's not the results that you want. If you're not, like for me right now, I'm on a health journey. I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. You look at the results and then you back it up and you go find out where in my filters am I filtering that? That's where your other three voices, your inner critic, inner child, and inner ego live in your filters. So you want to go back through and say, okay, I created this picture in my mind. 
that I'm not deserving, I'm not willing, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. I mean, we didn't talk too much about my story, so I'll just share just a We're small do bit. That is soon. I, no, no problem. I just it, this is a perfect way to talk about it. Is I was married for 25 years, and then the last I don't know eight to 10 years was an extremely emotional and mentally abusive relationship with an alcoholic, and I didn't want to ever be in my body. I just didn't ever want to be in my body. I always wanted to be out because what was happening when I was in my body is I was hearing all of this negative stuff. So when I finally was able to do the work and get the divorce, it's been about three years divorce when I decided to leave, you know, it takes time to get divorced, but I am divorced and I just turned 50 and I was like, I don't understand why I don't want to be in my body. So whenever anything health came up, I had all these negative filters. Health was attached to trauma because when I was in a heightened emotional state is when I was getting told from an alcoholic and it was great. We did the best that we could to process that is being told all of these negative things. Well, when I was in heightened emotional state in survival mode, I created these connections that it's not safe to be in my body. Mm. So I would gain weight. I would do this. I would do that. And I was like, what? freaking Christmas. He's been gone for three years. We were able to, you know, have an amicable divorce. The girls are with me. And I'm just like, why don't I want to take care of myself? Well, it's because the behavior is rooted in those negative thoughts and emotions that are in my inner critic, inner ego, inner child, and my filters. Mm -hmm. My conscious mind cannot make me go take care of myself. Cannot. My conscious mind, that is not its job. My conscious mind is to set the goal. I want to be, you know, 130 pounds or whatever, whatever that goal is. Your conscious mind sets the goal. Ladies and gentlemen, your unconscious mind gets the goal because your unconscious mind is your motivators and it is your most unconscious values and it is where your negative thoughts and emotions and positive thoughts and emotions live. So your conscious mind's like, I want $10,000 a month. I want to weigh 130 pounds. I want a relationship. You know, I want, you know, whatever you want. You can want that all day long. Your unconscious mind is your goal getter. So you have to clean up those filters because I can want to lose all this. And people can tell me all day long. My conscious mind can hear, Jen, you're beautiful. Jen, you're amazing. Jen, you run a multi-million dollar company. Jen, you do this. Jen, you're amazing mom. Jen, you have the perfect life. Thank you. My conscious mind can say that. My unconscious mind doesn't believe it because I'm still processing through the trauma. So when I look at my health goal, I have to go and look at my results. So if I'm not getting the results, like I'm just using health as an example because that's just my kind of challenge right now. How many of you don't follow through? Like you're that stupid meme, right? I joined the gym and then I wanted to turn into a bar by February because, you know, I don't want to go anymore or... I don't set my goals or I eat really well. And then I unconsciously, I start eating potato chips, like whatever that's going on. That's your unconscious mind telling you, Hey, there's something here for you to look at. So if you're not getting the results that you want, you want to go backwards and say, what picture did I take of myself? Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. If I do that again, I'm going to attract another man who's going to do the same thing, whatever. I mean, that's all the bullshit that was going through. Excuse me. That was a baloney that was going on in my mind. I'm not bullshit here. Okay. Can I say bullshit? I was like, I forgot to check if I can cuss on your, on your podcast. When I realized the picture was not serving me, I went, Oh, what are the filters that I filter this information through? So then I start releasing them with timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, coaching, you know, energy work. I start releasing all of that and changing the job 
of my inner critic, inner ego, and inner child and tapping more into my intuition. So my intuition can say, Jen, you're powerful, you're strong, you're resilient, you're magical, you're intuitive. Like I'm learning all of these things because that's how source sees me. Source sees me as a powerful, independent, wonderful, creative, intelligent, beautiful, sexy, you know, like all these things that I wasn't wanting to tell myself because I was trying to be small because when I was small, I could hide and get away from the abuse. Mm -hmm. So that's why we want to really understand, like if we're not getting the result that we want, it's not up to anybody else. It's for us to go back in and clean up the negative thoughts and emotions that are in our filters. So that when information comes in, we get new filters, new picture, new results. Amazing. This really speaks to the connection to wealth question. It's something else I talk about a lot too, that I I really want to dive into a little bit more of your story. So we're going to do mm-hmm. that next, but I'll preface commenting on this part because I think it's important. Maybe we circle back to it, but there's a lot of black and white thinking around, you know, rich and poor, rich and poor, mm. like the, the rich are bad and the poor are poor, you know, it's mm. like all of this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rhetoric like that. And yes. what's interesting to me is that, you know, I know successful people And I know ones that embrace their success. And I know a lot of them that are in this scarcity mode where they don't buy into what they have. And we might all do some version of this in different parts of our lives, right? Because I do believe there's always something that someone outside of you can admire of you because they're struggling through whatever that thing that you aren't Mm -hmm. struggling through because your filters are different, like what you just shared with us. So Again, this opens up all the possibilities, like coming back to this concept of all the possibilities. And that was shifting for me as well when I was starting to come into the realization that there's truly infinite ways to have an experience and Mm -hmm. we can start looking at the world from a place like that. And meaning everyone has the possibility to increase their possibilities, (laughs) to say it in a very simple way. So I love that you touched on that. And speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, I'm touching on a little bit about how I came into this, like learning about all of this and shifting myself, Mm -hmm. which happens again and again, many times, but I'm curious if there was a big epiphany moment for you. You just shared some of it, I'm sure, but I don't know where that sits in your timeline. Can you share a little bit more about like how this came into your life? And yeah. Yes. And I love it. And I've always had a entrepreneurial spirit. Like I just always knew, even back in the day when I was in Girl Scouts, right? I always sold the most cookies. I always won the contests. I always ended up at Girl Scout camp. We did move around a lot when I was growing up. And when I got back to California, so I live in Northern California. So when I got back to California, I live in the Silicon Valley. And it's very clear that if you live in the Silicon Valley and you want to be a powerful powerhouse, you work in tech. Tech. I went to college and I graduated college and I ended up working at a little company. I don't know if you've ever heard of it called WebMD. (laughs) So I'm working for the executive vice president and I very much had this picture. I'm going to relate it to the story. I'm relating it to this picture that I'm going to be a power. I'm going to wear a red power suit. I'm a powerful person. And I ended up meeting my boyfriend who ended up being my husband, who's now my ex-husband during that time. We were in our early twenties and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I started my first business while I was also working at high tech. Well, how this relates to what we're talking about is I was very stressed. We also teach a lot about how your body relates to your negative thoughts and emotions. So I was very, very stressed out. And we ended up struggling with infertility for about almost four years. 
So we've been together eight years, married, all that before we ended up having, I, we do have two daughters. So the moral of the story is it works out. Yeah. Let me tell you the process. So I was really understanding that I started connecting and I didn't know what intuition was. I just know that I could not be in that stressful situation anymore. I just couldn't do it. I wanted a family. It was too important to me. So I just come home one day and I tell my husband, I'm like, oh, I just so you know, I just quit my job. And he's like, what? Because I was like 50% of our income, right? So my ex-husband is in law enforcement. So he's like, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, but I cannot be here anymore. So two weeks after I quit, I got pregnant. Wow. But I didn't know at the time that it was intuition. I just had a knowing. I just was like, some of you call the gut feeling. Some of you, you hear it. Some of you, you see it. Some of you, you just know it. But I didn't know what it was. I had already started a business. I was doing part-time. I said, I really want to do this. So I started researching and I knew how to support people in creating big businesses. So I became a business coach first, very conscious mind work. And I was helping my clients hit six figures, multiple six figures and seven figures. But I had negative filters around money. So I could support other people making money. Then they would pay me lots of money. And then I would get rid of that money. So I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that. So it's an away from, and I'm going to talk about that in just like I'm going to tie this together for you because we're going to talk about wealth because I teach wealth and I love the intuition around wealth. So what's happening is I had an away from motivation around money and I'll talk about that in just a second. So my clients were making money, but then I got really good at being a business coach. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of things and I could say, hey, look, I made a lot of money so I can help you make a lot of money. I just didn't know how to keep it because I had negative thoughts and emotions around money. It's just gone being broke at a different level, right? So I was like, why? And then I realized that my clients were all hitting a plateau. Mm. And I said, why are they not doing what I'm saying? I'm telling them, same with health, right? You guys can all just go read the library. Nobody needs a health coach. Nobody needs a personal trainer. Y'all know it all matters what you put in your mouth and you got to move, okay? But it's because of our unconscious mind that's stopping us. Those filters are stopping us. So I'm like, why are you not doing what I'm telling you to do? You want to go to the next level. So then I started looking and then I started understanding more and more about intuition. So then I went to my personal development, you know, that type of thing. I was like, oh, what do you mean? What's going on underneath here? Mm -hmm. So I started doing this and then my marriage started becoming a little bit more difficult. So I remember walking into my first NLP training and I was like, hallelujah, I know now how to save my marriage. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And instead I saved myself. And it was because I was projecting all my negative thoughts and emotions on my ex-husband. And I kept thinking I needed to fix him. I needed, you know, to fix him and to support him. That's why I became an expert in addiction because I was married to an alcoholic and trauma because he had experienced trauma. He was in the military. He was overseas and he had trauma in law enforcement. And so I thought I could fix him. But in reality, just what you said earlier, you project on others what you need to see inside yourself, both positively and negatively. So if you see something positive in someone, that means those qualities are inside of you. If you see something negative out there, you need to look at your negative thoughts and emotions and see where you feel that. It's not a direct projection, right? Like I'm not an alcoholic. So I'd be like, I'm not projecting on him. He's an alcoholic. Doesn't mean I am. No, 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 no. What are your negative thoughts and emotions around that? That's what you need to look at. 
So I really did walk out of my NLP training, God, I don't even know how many years ago, thinking I was going to save my marriage. And instead, I saved myself. And I started doing all the work. I started cleaning up my filters. I started shifting and understanding what my money stuff was and what was working, what wasn't working. And now I realize why my clients weren't doing what I told them to do. It's because of their filters. So I shifted all of my work and I became a wealth coach, a business coach, a life coach is sure. Again, it's what's your definition of a life coach. I'm really diving in into the root cause of why things aren't working for you. So I started doing all this work and then I started realizing, wait, when I started cleaning up my stuff, we had to hire a high conflict mediator because there was so much conflict. Once I started doing more of this work, my mediator at the end was like, I've never seen anybody shift like the two of you have shifted. By the time we ended the divorce proceedings, she goes, you guys could have done it yourself and not paid anything because I kept doing the work and cleaning up my projections and cleaning up my negative thoughts and emotions. And she's like, I've never had anybody shift like this. She goes, I'm a high conflict. That's what I do. Cause it was so unconscious what we were fighting about. And at this time I realized that my best friend at the time, my boss at the time, I ran the coaching division of an international company. I was the coaching director and my boss at the time, my husband and my best friend were basically the same person. I'm not sure if any of you have experienced that, or maybe you date the same person. Maybe you keep hiring the same person, or maybe your boss is the same, or your friends are the same. Well, the universe was like, hello, are you going to get the hint? Because I've now put a best friend in your life that's doing exactly the same thing as your boss, which is doing the exact same thing as your husband. And it's all abusive. Like, how much more do I need to show you? And I was like, apparently that was enough. (laughs) So I left the job and started Genius Unlocked with my new best friend. The best friend went away and I was able to get an amicable divorce. It's because I cleared up all my stuff. So how does that relate to wealth? I want to share that with you. So wealth, money, and sex are the most vulnerable places of your areas of life. Because it all deals with your lower chakras. It all deals with your ability to give and receive. Your ability to give and receive in the bedroom relates to how you can give and receive in your bank account. And people look at us like we're crazy. And I'm like, if you actually think about it, money and sex are the most vulnerable parts about you. And some people are like, well, I'm not in a relationship right now. I said, I'm not saying that if you don't have sex, you don't have money. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that it's, it's the most vulnerable parts about you. So where you feel when you are in those situations reflects in that part. So what our mission is, we want to create the sacred space for people to release the most vulnerable judgments they have about themselves. And we can find that out by diving down into the root cause of their money challenges and or, you know, relationships. I want to tie it back to what I said about an away from and then a toward. So this is how to relate it directly to wealth. And then you guys can also relate it to your sex life if you so choose. So where you are around wealth. So remember how I said, like, I'd make 100000 and spend 101. Right. You just broke at a different level. Okay. So what that's called is it's called, you got to look at your motivation, your motivation, your values, your most unconscious motivation, not your conscious motivation, your unconscious motivation, which is the goal getter part. You need to look at it and understand, are you going away from something you don't want or toward what you want? So away from is I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be like my parents, whatever that is, you're motivated by getting away from something. 
Well, what happens mm-hmm. is if you have anybody of you have a yo-yo in your bank account, which was I, I did, is I was pushing away from well, what happens is when you say, I don't want to be broke, you'll not be broke. But then guess what happens in your unconscious mind? You're no longer motivated. Mm. It's like a rubber band that snaps back because you're not motivated. You're like, well, my motivation to make money was I'm not broke. Well, I'm not broke. The only way I'm going to make money is I better be broke again. So you lose it all. This is why people make money, lose money, make money, lose money. They're yo-yo because they're going away from what they don't want. And that motivates them. Then when they get it, their motivation drops and they lose their money. So you're yo-yoing in your bank account. That was the epitome of me. Until you clean up what is that away from motivation. When you said scarcity, it's when you think about scarcity, what are your negative thoughts and emotions? When you think about not having money, what are the negative thoughts and emotions? Because that's what's motivating you. And your inner critic, inner child, and inner ego are all living in your away from motivations. Your intuition is your toward, which is what are the positive qualities and characteristics about yourself where you feel worthy, loved, valued to keep and make money. I made that shift. We hit seven figures in our business within six months of us doing a breakthrough around those things. We hit seven freaking figures because both my business partner and I, who's my best friend, we were in massive, massive away from. See, for me, part of why I got the divorce was I told you my ex-husband was in law enforcement. Well, I always thought he needed to take care of me and I couldn't be a provider because that was sort of his mentality, right? He wanted to be the provider. Well, as soon as I started making more money than him... It caused problems in our marriage, so I would unconsciously lose it or reinvest it. I wouldn't like lose it, like not bad investments. I would just reinvest it or we'd go buy something because I had this unconscious thought that he didn't want me to make more money than him Mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was worthy or valued. Well, when I decided that I wanted to get a divorce, I didn't think I could provide for myself because I never had kept enough money to be able to provide for myself. So I actually stayed in the marriage longer than was healthy for me because I had a negative thought and emotion that I could not provide for myself. So I had to clean that up so I could go toward what I want, which was self-empowerment, abundance, prosperity. What are the qualities and characteristics of someone that has abundance prosperity is they are confident. They are powerful. They are creative. They look at possibilities. As soon as I started focusing on that, that's toward what you want. My motivation, and we've been up into the right ever since. It's all about what goes on in your unconscious mind. When I realized that That's when I brought wealth coaching into what we do is because you can create all the wealth that you want if you clean up your unconscious filters. Your conscious mind is never going to get you what you want because it's too specific. It's too detailed and it's not the mind of the emotions. The mind of the emotions and motivation is the unconscious mind. So you need to focus there. Mm -hmm. And how do those two talk to each other? Your intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's why we develop intuition. Everything is a core of the intuition. Oh. Wonderful. Circle back too. And thank you for sharing your story. I think I resonate with many parts of it and I see a lot of similar timeline moments in my life Mm -hmm. as well, particularly with the relationship, similar stuff. And it was the last relationship I've had like that. 
And I felt a huge shift too in my own ability to heal a lot of those levels and just had zero anything, no regret, no anger, nothing left to really do. But I also stayed for an extra year after we broke up even. (laughs) We just kept living Uh together. There's lots of reasons why it makes sense on paper that I did that too, because I did also quit my job one day. I did a lot of those (laughs) same things. So funny, but yeah. it changed my life. Like that was a very pivotal mm-hmm. moment for me too. So thanks for being willing to share that in absolutely the way. I'll call it a theory just for a method or system. Mm-hmm. Or you're supposed to say that is so simple and also eye-opening because mm-hmm. I read a lot of books about, you know, money and there's a lot of money coaches out there and things like that. And mm-hmm. they talk about their stories about how they also did things like that, where they're like, all the money I would have, I would just spend it all right away or I would push it away from myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a constant, Mm -hmm. the motivator piece. It's so mind blowing. I'm going to really sit with that one. So there's a lot of gold in this episode and that was a great one. A great nugget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we move, I really don't want to brush over the four voices. Yes. I know that's another big topic, but we covered a lot of it already, but maybe we could just again go through. You said the three of them live in the unconscious mind, right? They all live in the unconscious mind and the three live in your filter. Like they're the ones that are running your filters, so to speak. Like where are you processing information? So I would love to share with that. I want to start with though intuition mm-hmm. because I want to talk about the four stages of developing okay. your intuition yes. because a lot of people are like, okay, this is great. I want to look at that. Like you were saying, like, I'm seeing some things. What are some of the steps that I can take? So the first thing is I want to bring aware. So I want to bring conscious how to develop your intuition. So the first step is to discover that you have an intuition. So for me, when I just got that I need to quit my job because I want a family and this is way too stressful. I didn't have a word for that. I didn't have a label for that. So I just did it. And I just kind of was like, oh, cool. But then when I started doing the work, I was like, oh, that was an intuitive hit. So, you know, so first you got to discover that you have an intuition. So most of you on this line, if you've been listening to Barcy for any length of time, at least, you know, you have an intuition. The second step is then to understand exactly how it communicates with you. Because your other voices pretend to be your intuition and you want to really understand how does your intuition communicate with you? Is it a feeling like a gut feeling? Is it something that you see? Is it a voice that you hear in your head or is it unknowing? And a lot of people like, oh, I know how my intuition communicates with me. When you develop your intuition more and more and more, it's going to communicate with you in all four. And it eventually it'll be really a knowing before a knowing. Mm. Then you have to understand how does it communicate with you? Now, this is the big, when you go to step three, this is the biggest hang up. This is where I work with my clients the most is how do you trust it? Because when you trust your intuition, you're trusting yourself. And most people, not everybody, I understand it. And I've done a lot of work. I'm getting better and better. And you have nine areas of life. So you might trust yourself in one area of life and not other. I don't trust myself right now in health. I'm working on it. I actually have a breakthrough scheduled because I really need to trust my intuition on my health. And my other three voices like to domineer (laughs) my intuition. So then, so if you guys can really start to trust your intuition, the next step could be another big leap which is taking the inspired action because you cannot sit around and manifest 
without taking action. All manifestation, all manifestation happens in the physical plane. You can get your intuitive hit from the spiritual plane. You can create a positive emotion to it. You can create the steps on how to get it. We've all done that, right? We have a thought, we have a positive emotion, we get the steps, and then we don't do anything. So nothing happens up here without bringing it into the physical plane. So you can say, Les, Jen, I have an intuition. Yes, I know how it communicates to me. Yes, I trust it. Nope, I don't do anything about it. Oh, that's my biggest. I was like, okay, we want to get you into taking that inspired action. Because what will happen is you guys will go out and you'll go into action, action, action. If you just do it, you'll just willpower. Just action, action, action. Well, who's running that action, action, action? It is not your intuition. It is an inner ego defending an identity, your inner critic stopping you from taking the action or you're taking action out of hurt. So you want to really develop and grow your intuition so that when you're taking the action, it's coming from your intuition, which means you're going to get the results that you want. So that's just the four stages. So now we relate that to what your other three voices are. So all four voices are in your unconscious mind and your intuition is your translator between your conscious and your unconscious mind. And it receives its information and wants to show you and represent you and mirror to you how source sees you. That's your intuition's job. It's to guide you. It's always got your best interest at heart. It will always lead you to the best possible scenario. The challenge is, is when your other three voices are talking, you don't trust that. Mm -hmm. And I did it. There's been lots of times where I don't trust it, but I did trust it unconsciously when I quit my job. But here's what happens. If you guys, those of you that are listening, ladies and gentlemen, and you've not been able to figure out how to have predictable, relatable, and successful results over and over and over and over again, the best way to do that, develop more with your intuition. Because your intuition will tell you exactly what you need to do, how you need to do it, what learnings you need to learn on your way to do it. And so you can create predictable results that take you to where you want to go. So what are the other three voices doing? So they all have a job. The jobs are absolutely 1 million percent important. Please, 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 I beg of you all, do not take your inner critic, your inner child, or your inner ego and lock it in a box in the back of your brain. I will never forget this. I went to an event when I was first starting this work and they're like, you're an inner critic. You should make it a clown and lock it behind jail bars and stick it in the back of your mind. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, those other three voices are part of you. You're creating what we call parts, which means you're creating conflict in your unconscious mind. If you don't understand or try to listen and understand the jobs of those other three voices. They are there for a reason. They are not to be blamed. They are not to be shamed. They are not to be locked in a corner. They are to be understood by listening to your intuition who can tell you what their job is. So the biggest thing about your other three voices is I want you to think of them, if you're willing, as warning lights. It is your gaslight coming on in your car. It is the annoying freaking battery going out in your smoke alarm. Like, could that be any more annoying? And yes, your inner voices are freaking annoying. I get it. But their job is a warning light. You don't move or you don't burn down your house when the battery goes out in your smoke detector. Well, that's what some of you are doing to your unconscious mind. You're burning down the house when they're giving you warning lights. So if you can look at, okay... What is the job of the inner ego? 
The job of the inner ego is to protect the identity that you have created in your imprint age and that you've created and you wanted to stick with. So my inner ego was protecting cop's wife. I refused. I dug in. Where are you digging in? I refuse to be another statistic. I refused to not teach all of this healing and get a divorce from a police officer. It, my inner ego was protecting this identity. I was not going to be another statistic. I was not going to let it go. I was not going to not be a good coach. I'm not going to let the world judge me. That's your inner ego. Well, what I needed to learn, what my inner ego was teaching me was that because I was able to recognize that I was able to heal his trauma and I was able to heal myself, that I was able to move on and create the life that I wanted. And I don't have any blame or shame for myself. All of that came from my intuition. And now I speak about it. I inspire others. We're way better separated than we ever were together. He's already engaged, getting married. The kids are great. Like I am just loving my life as it is right now, but I had to be able to let go and let my ego tell me, Jen, you do not need to own that label. You do not need to own that identity. You are powerful, independent, strong, inspiring, all of the learnings. That's what I learned from my inner ego. So you guys need to look at what to serve you is look at what identities that were created are you digging in and holding on to out of fear. So all negative emotions are derivatives of fear. Anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, rage, depression, terror, all negative emotions are derivatives of fear. And fear is an illusion. We release fear by using quantum physics, quantum linguistics with timeline therapy. And it's the non-mirror image reverse, lots of fancy words. It just means it. I love it. So what that means is like, you guys like, remember math? You had the negative one and the one equals zero, right? Negative one on the timeline plus one equals zero. Well, you have fear. There was a time you didn't have fear. You mirror them and then it dissipates. So anyway, that's my quick quantum physics lesson. That's how you release it. So anyway, now let's go to the inner critic. Now your inner critic's job is to keep you where you're at. Not necessarily safe, your inner critic. Have you ever heard of that cliche? Like, it's better to know the devil you know than the devil you don't. So your inner critic knows how to do your problems. Your inner critic knows how to do the patterns. Your inner critic knows that if you go date this person, this is what's going to happen. If you make money, this is what's going to happen. So your inner critic wants to keep you with what it knows. And your inner critic's job is to hang out there and keep you where you're at until you can get the learnings from your intuition. So we don't want to get mad at our inner critic. We don't want to lock it up. We're like, okay, inner critic, why are we still stuck here? Intuition, what does my inner critic need me to know in order for it to move? So if you can understand that the job of the inner critic is to keep you in the problems that you know, because it knows it, until you get the learnings from your intuition, then your inner critic will move. Okay. So then you have your inner child. Well, your inner child is where hurt comes in. So when we're coming to this world, if you choose to believe this, we're a pure unconscious mind. We're a pure unconscious mind. We come into the world and then we have our formative years. I do have a degree in psychology. I have therapists that are like, absolutely, Jen. We talk about the imprint age. So what happens is during that imprint age, you're clear and conscious mind. Well, you've never experienced a negative emotion. So when you experience that first negative emotion, you label it 
with whatever you label it, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, what have you. So what happens is as you are growing through your zero to seven, you are having experiences. You're using the language of the mind to label that experience, whatever negative emotion or negative thought, limiting decision, like I'm not good enough. I'm you know not worthy. I'm not lovable based on your experiences. So your inner child is suppressing the identity that you are truly meant here to be. So when your inner child is acting up out of hurt or whatever, we want to ask your inner child, what are the qualities and characteristics of yourself that was suppressed during your imprint age? And then that's where it'll come up. Like how many of you have just like, think back to your childhood. How many of you were told you were intuitive and now you're like, I'm not intuitive. How many of you knew when you were little that you were an excellent singer and then something happened and then you stopped singing? Those are very superficial examples. I just want you to understand that your inner child is hurt and protecting those qualities and characteristics that were suppressed. So when you can get that learning from your intuition, that's like, no, you are intuitive and magical and powerful and a leader and strong and courageous and brave and compassionate and empathetic. Then your inner child starts to bloom once you have those learnings. So if we ignore them, we're actually ignoring our true self. You're making your intuition's job harder instead of easier because your intuition wants you to see as source sees you. But we're all here, ladies and gentlemen, for the human experience. Whatever you believe you're here, it was an accident, it's science. I don't know, I chose to be here. Whatever your beliefs are, it does not matter to me whatsoever. We're all here having the human experience. So why not learn about how your mind and your thoughts and your emotions are creating your reality? So if you can think of your three voices, the other three that live in your filters as warning lights, like, oh, intuition. Now it takes a minute. I get it. Like sometimes you'll be sad for like a day or two, or you'll break up with a boyfriend or you'll lose a client or, you know, you'll make a bad investment or your 16 year old will yell at you like mine just did the other day. And you'll sit in your stuff. Okay. Well, you know, you can sit in your shit. Okay. You're going to sit in your shit. You get to choose how long do you want to sit there? And your intuition is always just hanging out. Your intuition is like, I'm here. Just let me know. And these other three voices are like, and you're like, okay, got it. Now, yes, I understand. It's hard. I get it. It's simple. Like you said, it's a very simple process, but it's not easy. So that's why our company does what we do. That's why we believe everyone should have a coach because you cannot see the label from within inside the jar. When you're in your jar of shit, And your other voices are just, and all you want to do is cram them in a corner and you're not really tapping into your intuition. If you can have a coach, not a friend, not advice, a coach that can coach you into what's going on inside of you. A coach is an expert in the coaching process. A friend is an expert in what they would do. There's a difference. And I have friends and I love my friends. I love my friends. I don't let them coach me. But a coach is an expert in the coaching process that gets you down to the root cause of why you're in that jar. Once you can get to the root cause, a coach can guide you through the process so you can tap into your intuition. You get better and better and better and better and better at it. And then you start creating the life that you want. And so that's really the power of understanding the three voices that people that go, those are the negative voices. They're the voices that are showing you 
what you're doing inside your unconscious mind that's not serving you and your intuition has the answers. I don't want to blame and shame and be negative about those three voices. They have a job. So if you can figure out which I is talking, your inner critic, your inner child, your inner ego, or your intuition, and get more and more and more in your intuition, you will start creating the life that you want. That's amazing. I really appreciate the taking the blame off of these voices and taking the negative sting off of them because they have information for you and they do have a job and they're protecting you in ways that they know how and all of that. And the question that kept coming up to me that I would want to ask them, it's like, well, what do you need? Like, what do you need right now? What are you trying to tell me that I'm not seeing? Yeah. Because they're trying to keep you safe and protect you until your intuition can come in and help you move forward. So they're going to try to keep you where you're at because it doesn't want to make the situation worse. So if you can say, what do I need to know? What are you trying to share with me? What learnings do I deserve to learn? Mm. And then your intuition comes in and gives them to you, then it'll quiet them. And then you can expand. Yeah, They'll come up again and then you'll quiet them and then you'll expand. What do I need to know? It's an ebb and flow. It's a cooperation. It's an integration Mm -hmm. of your conscious and your unconscious mind with your intuition being that translator. And I can share it does feel like that. It feels like you go off and you expand for a while and then it almost feels like constricting sometimes. I can speak for myself. I have to come back to them sometimes and for the next expansion. (laughs) You do because you want more. Right? Like you're here at your zero and you want something. You've got to clean up the negative thoughts and emotions. And then you get to your 10 and then you're all excited. You've integrated. Oh, but wait, that's your new zero. And now you want more. And then you've got to go, well, what are the negative thoughts and emotions? And then you clean it all up and now you integrate it and it's your new zero. Mm. Your unconscious mind is programmed to always want more. So if you continue to ask for more, then you're going to continue to grow through it. Like back to wealth, we tell all of our clients about the first zero to here is your first $100,000. Right. Once you get to your $100,000, the next one is $250,000. And then you clean it up here. And then every $250,000 is a new expansion. Is a new, you got to, you got to clean it up because you can't say I'm here and I've only made $10,000 in my business, which I have no judgment. Good for you. And I want to clean up all my stuff so I can make a million. Doesn't work that way. There's too many learning steps that you need to get here. So we Mm -hmm. teach, take it where you're at. Like first talk about booked revenue, then talk about gross revenue, then talk about net, then talk about profit. Like we just booked our first seven figure month in booked revenue. I couldn't have even thought of that when we started our business. We were excited. We made our first hundred thousand in four months. There's no way I could have set a goal when we launched our business that we would have a seven-figure month. No freaking way. So you take it with where your intuition takes you. And then we did our first seven and then our second. And then we had our seven-figure month. It's like, you've got to clean up all the stuff in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we love using these voices in our intuition for money, wealth, sex, intimate relationships, spirituality, self-expression, self-love, family, all of the areas of life your business. Are those the nine? Yeah. It's money and business or career. We do separate them because you have different values. You have intimate relationships, which is different than sex. You have different values versus intimate relationships. You have family, spirituality, health, self-expression, self-love. Those are the nine areas of life. Mm. Wonderful. I feel like I just took a master class. So thank you for that. (laughs) And I mean that well, it's, it's like so generous and lovely. I could talk about this all day long. So I I just appreciate being here. 
Thank you. Thank you for being here. With all of that said, if you had to ask for just one takeaway you hope someone walks away with from this conversation, what would that be? Is really the four voices is understand that you don't need to blame and shame yourself. And if you do shame yourself, please don't blame and shame yourself for blaming and shaming yourself and really develop your intuition. Make it your personal development journey to develop how to get the learnings so you can understand how source sees you so you can create the life that you want. It really is understanding what is going on in your filters and how to connect more and more with your intuition. If you walk away with nothing else, it would be that homework, that tasking. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And you have a program you are yes. currently doing. Do you want to share about that and let us know how we can connect with you? So you can connect with us. The company is geniusunlocked.coach. And I'm sure this will all be in the show notes as well. But I do want to give you guys a free gift. It's completely free. Is It's a 23-day or 23 meditation challenge on how to go through the four stages of your intuition. It's a huge arc. It includes NLP, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, energy work that will take you from discovering your intuition to starting to trust it and take inspired action. It's 23 meditations. You do not need to listen to one every day. I, however, would want you to listen to them in order and then find yourself on that journey. So the task in that I had said, this ties right into it. And um, all you need to do is you can either go to geniusunlock.coach and click on the unlocking your intuition meditation. There'll be a link directly to it in the show notes. We'll make sure that Barcy has that. And then you can go through that journey and then just look at where were you at the beginning and where were you at the end of those 23. And it's just my gift to you because the more intuitive people we have in the world, the more people that are connect with their intuition, the higher we can raise the vibration and the more we can create the life that we want. And the world that we want. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Thank you for that. Thanks for offering that. Thanks for creating that. And I'm going to listen to this again to kind of let it sink in more. So wonderful information that you shared. I appreciate you. you, Jen. Thank you for being here. It's absolutely my pleasure. And thank you all for listening to this powerful episode. And Barcy, I wish you all the success. And thank you for creating a space for me to share this with more and more people. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of Beeple Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.